0: It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennec. Guide, episode 228. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading and any first time listeners, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, how to stay safe online while you're shopping for Christmas online. Bluetooth 5 is now available and coming to your next gadget and why the Amazon Go store is a game changer for bricks and mortar retail. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Gear S3 smartwatch. We're also going to take a look at the new Ghost Drone 2.0 from Ehang and also the redesigned Apple Music app. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A big show planned, so let's jump straight in. Well, we're getting awfully close to Christmas and there is still time to do our Christmas shopping online. Today, I'm recording this on December the 12th, was supposed to be the busiest online shopping day of the year. This is the day where people consider it gives them enough time to do their shopping and also allow enough time for delivery. Uh, I've heard reports that if you shop up until about December 16th, Uh, you will still get your gifts in time for Christmas. And there are many, many people who are choosing this option to shop online. But before we talk about the safety tips for your shopping online, I thought I'd go through some stats here that were supplied by eBay. And and according to eBay, they were going to have more than 2.7 million people visit their site today today. Making it one of the busiest shopping days of the year uh, that that is, and one point seven million of those of those shoppers are actually doing that on a mobile device so they 're accessing eBay on their mobile device that 's an increase of eleven percent over last year. The peak periods for the day were between eight p m and nine p m on desktop and between nine p m and ten p m for mobile visitors, so obviously they wait till after dinner, they watch a bit of TV and then they hit the hit, get online and do their shopping. During this period... There is going to be more than 113 million live eBay listings. And listings, by the way, that 2.7 million figure is just for ebay.com.au. So that's just in Australia. That's not including any of the other eBay sites around the world. Those 113 million live listings, that's 64% more than there were in 2015 at this time. And another option too for people is the new click and collect service. This is where you can have your items. Sent to your nearest Woolworths or Big W store for pickup. Now that that little uh, practice is going to increase by 51% this year. Which is remarkable. A lot of lot of products that are going on sale on eBay uh, and the, the the speed at which is remarkable. Uh, for example, a Star Wars related item sells every thirty three seconds. A bicycle every five minutes. A VR headset every two minutes. A smartwatch sells every fifty seconds. A Pokemon item sells every sixteen seconds. A jewelry item every three seconds, and a toy every four seconds. It's remarkable. And here are the most active postcodes. This is really interesting. So this is where most eBay shoppers live, the most active eBayers. The most active postcodes were Werribee in Victoria, Toowoomba in Queensland, Truganina in Victoria, Liverpool in New South Wales, Campbelltown in New South Wales, and Mackay in Queensland. So uh, really active. We are online. Now, what's the reason we're shopping online? Obviously, it's for convenience. Aussie Farmers Direct, they, they released an interesting little survey showing that the number one the reason, the number one stress, cause of stress for shopping when shopping in physical stores is finding a parking, would you believe? The stress of the car park. So you haven't even walked into the stores and you're already stressed out. And then once you're in the stores, of course, you're going to have long lines. That was the second uh, the second most troubling thing about online shopping, according, uh, physical shopping, according to the Aussie Farmers Direct, and that are the long lines at the checkout. So lengthy wait to get a car park. And also a long wait to pay for your items, uh, and and according according to Aussie Farmers Direct, it said they say that 82% of, Australia, of Australians were planning to do some or all of their Christmas shopping online. 23.9% were stressed by the temptations towards impulse purchases. So you're in a store, you're waiting in line, and there's all these items near the checkout. And you think, oh, I might buy that. That's that's what that's an impulse purchase, and a lot of people were worried about that more. Australians, 63.5%, as a matter of fact, are expecting to spend between three and five hours doing their Christmas shopping in-store this year. And according to the same survey, men are far more efficient when it comes to their Christmas shopping, with nearly half... That's forty-seven point five percent expecting to spend three hours or less on this task. So, uh, and that's Aussie farmers direct saying that, not me. For all our my female listeners, nearly one in five Australians are skipping the in-store Christmas experience altogether, and they are shopping online. So, you are it, it, shopping online is obviously a great idea. It's a real time saver. It, it's really convenient, but there are dangers. And the reason for this is because the, because of the increased traffic online so there 's millions of shoppers online and what what happens in the uh, at the other end is all these hackers think see this as a terrific opportunity so they they take to they, they want to take advantage of that increase in traffic. So what do we need to do? And uh, one of our sponsors, Norton, has come up with some great tips for staying safe online. So here are some interesting and useful practices for you to stay safe while you're doing your online Christmas shopping. Number one, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. So if you found those pair of shoes that are ten, a tenth of the price, uh, it's probably not real. So only shop at reputable online sites and avoid getting scammed. Number 2, beware of fake website links. We often receive emails with links for us to to click out of the email and onto a website. And a lot of these emails can be disguised from sites uh, as sites that actually aren't aren't that real site. We've seen it with banking sites, other financial sites, but it's true of shopping sites, so it's really easy to be to receive an email from what you think is a reputable store, you turn up. It looks reputable. Everything looks looks uh, looks okay. You go ahead and make some purchases, and it's a fake site. You're just giving your money to to a hacker. Be careful of that, fake website links. Also, passwords, we've said it before, have smart passwords, have strong, unique passwords, so a combination of uppercase, lowercase letters, symbols, numbers, so that make it hard. You're making it hard for a hacker to crack your password and don't have the same password for every account you have because you're just handing that to the hacker. If they crack one of your passwords, then you're gone across the line. You will tumble like dominoes. Beware of phishing scams. And I'm not talking about phishing with a rod and reel here. Fishing is when you receive an email that's meant for you to think it's from someone else. For example, it could be a, a, an email disguised as being from Australia Post, uh, saying that you got a package that was de- that you need to be delivered. Click here and to to reorganise the delivery. And a lot of people think, oh, okay, I was expecting a package," and they click on the link and they've installed ransomware on their computer or some other form of malware, and then they're they're pretty screwed up. So. Beware of phishing scams. Double, th- double think. Think twice before you double click on that link because it could be malware. Organise yourself for your online shopping. You can actually set up an email account specifically to deal with your online shopping, so that it, it can limit the, the uh, any issues. So and also you're not going to get spammed on your main email when you you often when you shop online you join mailing lists and all these things come through. So separate it from all your regular emails, just so that it doesn't uh, interfere with your regular business. Protect your bank details as well. When you are handing over your credit card details, look for the padlock icon in the, in the address bar that, or, or the symbol, the, the, the letters HTTPS. The S after HTTP means it's secure. So make sure, check the site's credentials. Uh, never let a site remember your credit card details. Always type it in yourself rather than letting a, an, a site remember your credit card details. There are some some operating systems and that allow you to save a credit card, but that, that's okay because it's on your computer, not their computer. So don't let the site remember your credit card details. Uh, making online payments. Uh, avoid using public or shared computers, uh, if you're on an open network, a hacker could be sitting on that network and take down your credit card details, your bank passwords. So be careful where you're doing your shopping as well. Make sure it's on a secure network. Uh, make, keep your software, internet software up to date as well, your internet security software, uh, because the reason for the updates is because the internet security companies are always finding improvements to their products. Just as hackers are trying to find improvements in their hacking techniques, the internet security companies are improving as they go along. So if 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 you've got the latest uh, internet security software, you're going to be protected. Uh, and also, finally, check your bank statements. Always check that your credit card has been billed for the correct amount. Make sure there's no uh, uh, in unexpected transactions on there. Uh, so double-check your statement as well. Uh, make sure that no one's ripping you off. They are the tips for staying safe online. If you're going to read them all, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, we've all heard of Bluetooth. You're probably listening to this very podcast maybe through a Bluetooth device, whether it's your car, a pair of headphones or earphones. Uh, Bluetooth is all around us, and the current version is Bluetooth 4. Uh, I think there may be 4.1. I haven't really seen any other higher versions But Bluetooth 5 has just been officially announced by the Bluetooth Special Interest Group. They are the group that that ratifies the various versions of Bluetooth, works on those versions. And Bluetooth 5 has had the big tick of approval, and you can expect it on your next gadget as soon as two to six months away. So it's a safe bet to think that next year's smartphones, the Samsungs and iPhones, will have Bluetooth 5 on board. Now, what's so good about Bluetooth 5, I hear you ask? Well, there are several new features and enhancements with this latest version. Number one, it's going to have wider range. So the ability for you to connect over, over longer distances is really going to come into play in the home. Now, you think about all the Internet of Things devices, those smart home devices that can connect with a, via Bluetooth. Current Bluetooth's about 10-metre 10, 10 range, but imagine that range increasing by up to four times. So that, that's what we can expect to see Right, so that it'll, it will enable it will enable whole home coverage, so that these smart devices can still talk to each other, even that even if they're at the opposite ends of the house. The other improvement is speed. Bluetooth 5 is going to offer twice the speed of b- the former version of Bluetooth, and also eight times the broadcast message capacity, so it can send more information in a single packet. Over this, that, that further distance, so higher, longer range. Uh, twice the speed and more capacity so that can, more data can be sent between devices. So it is really going to be a game changer when it comes to those smart home products uh, and even even our mobile devices. So, for example, we'd be able to probably leave our smartphone uh, in one room and sit at the other end with our headphones and the, the the range would still be okay. You'll be able to still hear your music uninterrupted without actually having your phone right next to you. So uh, really exciting news there for Bluetooth. And when you think of Bluetooth, it is everywhere right now. It's used by more, across more than 10 billion devices around the world. And by the end of the decade, so by 2020, it's going to be used by more than 14 billion devices. I'm sure you own a device, probably several, with Bluetooth on board, and the good news is it's going to get even better with Bluetooth 5. If you want to check out that story, you can find it at techguide.com.au. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. Now earlier we were talking all about uh, online shopping and the the uh, stresses of online of physical retail stores, bricks and mortar stores, and you know that's obviously the, finding a car spot and long lines at the checkout. Well, Amazon has created a store, a store concept that's going to throw all of that out the window. Maybe not the car parking part. You still got to park your car. But imagine there being no lines and no checkouts. That's exactly what Amazon has come up with, with this concept store called Amazon Go that they've opened in their hometown of Seattle. Now, at the moment, this is in beta testing, and it's uh, being tested in an 1,800-square-foot space among Amazon employees only within Seattle. And what ha- what the whole concept is is that you walk in. There is a, a, a little scanning pad similar to what you'd see at a train station, where you got where you got to swipe your travel card or your Opal card, whatever you happen to be using. So imagine walking into a store, swiping your phone, so that'd be your Amazon Go account VR code QR code, and in you go. So that the store knows that you've walked in. And then all you simply do is walk around, pick whatever you want off the shelf, put it in your basket and walk straight out again. And how it works is... There are there's there's all these uh, the similar technology used with for for self driving cars. So the ability to scan every part of the store, every part of the shelf. Uh, there's also sensors and all this deep learning going on behind the scenes. So that all that see all you'll see is a shelf with products on it, and all you need to do is to, to to remove a product, put it in your basket. That product then is put into your account. So it's put into your cart. Uh, If you actually go back to the shelf and replace it, say you've you've changed your mind, you really don't want to buy uh, that particular product, then that product is taken out of your cart uh, before you walk out the door. So no no lines, no need for there to be a register and a checkout and people waiting there. Because you think about what we do in a supermarket today. We walk around with a trolley, put everything in a trolley, then go to the checkout, pull everything out of the trolley, it goes through the registers, and then you put everything back in the trolley again and then carry it out to your car. Imagine the time you'd save and the stress you'd save if you didn't have to do that. Well, Amazon Go, this store, is is hopefully going to provide just that, and they're expecting this concept to roll out to the community in the US and hopefully here in Australia. Uh, there are rumors that Amazon will open a store in Australia in 2017, that's next year, and hopefully it'll have that Amazon Go convenience as well. So pick up what you want, put it in your basket, walk straight out. Plenty of advantages, apart from saving you time. Think of also the, uh, the deterrent to shoplifters. People think, oh, hang on, maybe people can steal whatever they want. Well, not really, because if you walk in the door and don't scan your your, applic- your, your code, you, there's going to be a stranger in the store, this unnamed person in the store, and security staff will automatically know, oh, excuse me, sir, or madam, you didn't scan in, you're not registered through, the, through, the, through your scan, would you mind going back and doing it, please? So what you're basically doing when you walk in the door is telling them who you are, and there'll be no doubt easy ways to track exactly what you take once that you, you've scanned at the door. So people thinking, oh, this is going to be a haven for shoplifters. I think not. I think it's going to be the opposite because everyone who walks in the door is basically identifying themselves. And any products that that disappear out of that store are going to go straight onto that account you've just scanned. So I think really, really smart technology. I think it has the potential to re-energize the bricks and mortar shopping experience because online's winning because it's more convenient. But imagine if that convenient translated to a physical store where you can simply walk in and out without any delay in, in in that store with the product that you want straight away amazon go uh sounds fantastic and if you want to read more about it and also watch a short video of the concept you can check that out at techguide.com.au tech guide this is tech guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos and credit card details, to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi Privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. First review for the show is the Samsung Gear S3 smartwatch. Now this is Samsung's latest attempt at a smartwatch and I am in no doubt going to say the best effort so far by Samsung to create a smartwatch and I think what the biggest thing going for the Gear S3 is that it doesn't look like a smartwatch it looks like a normal watch and people are actually surprised to see oh hang on is that, is that a smartwatch it doesn't look like a smartwatch and I think that is the ultimate compliment they can pay. The Gear S3 was designed as a watch first. They got their designers in, they said, right, make this look like a watch and we'll worry about the technology later. And that's exactly what they've done. They've come up with two designs, the classic, which has that silver, uh, more classic look. So the polished stainless steel look with the normal crowns on each side. And they've also got the Frontier, which is sort of more sporting. It's black, uh, still has that rotating bezel, uh, different shaped buttons on the sides. Uh, but under the hood, they are both the same. Uh, they've still got uh, the circular screen Slightly larger than the Gear S2 Also has better build quality I think the, the problem with the S2 With Gear S2 While it was a great smart watch It really looked a li- I think it looked a bit plastic And uh, the, the quality just wasn't there So uh, what 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 the Gear S3 has achieved now Is that it actually looks quality It exudes quality Looks like a designer watch Rather than a smart watch but once you do get into the smarts, it's pretty impressive, to say the least. It, it, there are a lot more apps you can use on board. It has that great user interface, too. Now, anyone who's used the Gear S2 will know that it has that rotating bezel, uh, which allows you to scroll through your screens, through your apps, simply by rotating that bezel on the, uh, on the watch. Uh, really easy to get where you want to really quickly. Now it, it runs plenty of apps. Uh, I think more than ten thousand apps will work with the Gear S3 now, uh, and a couple of input methods as well. You can use handwriting mode, so scribbling one letter at a time. There's a predictive keyboard as well, so easy to send your messages, uh, send little drawings, emojis, and even audio recordings without even getting your phone out of your pocket. There's also a speaker built in this time too, so you can actually talk and hear your call. So you can t- talk or and listen to your voicemail or make and receive your calls on the device as well, which is a, a big advantage there. So it's got a built-in speaker and the microphone. So calls from your wrist, Dick Tracy style, if you want, without actually having to get your phone out of your pocket, which is really handy. You can also personalize it, of course, so many watch face options. You simply press and hold the screen, scroll through, uh, you can make this watch look like uh, so different just by changing the watch face. Also, the bands, there are several that Samsung are offering, but the good news is it's it's the Traditional twenty-two millimeter band, so that means it's compatible with any watch band. You can walk into a jeweler, uh, watch store, and buy a band, and it will fit on the Gear S three. So you're not locked into what Samsung's offering, although they do have some pretty nice ones, some made of silicon, made of leather. Uh, there's designer ones, but you can actually put any watch watch band you want on the device. Uh, as a fitness product too, it is. Uh, it does uh, hold its own there. It's a great choice. It automatically d- detects when you go running and walking or cycling. Uh, you can even then tell it if you're doing things like uh, running on a treadmill or doing Pilates or yoga. You can even count your reps in the gym too, and by that I mean the number of ex- the number of exercise you do in a particular set, whether you're doing weights or other types of exercises. So that's always handy. Keeps you motivated. Uh, it also has built in GPS. Which is a great thing if you want to use you want to use it for a run. It'll still map your run without you having your phone. Also helps for the speedometer that's on board as well because it uses GPS to track your speed, your distance, average speed, things like that. Also works great with third-party fitness apps too, like Nike Plus Running. Also works well with golf apps like Golf Navi and Smart Caddy. Remember that built-in GPS so you can look at the hole you're on just on the one your watch face on your Gear S3 so you get the distance to the hole, distance to the hazard, all that information right there on your wrist. And this is a watch, of course, that's used outdoors. It's water-resistant so you can take it for a swim. It's got a built-in LT and barometer so you can detect altitude changes and also changes in the weather. Now it's also can double up as your wallet. Samsung Pay is built in, so you can once you register your card, you can then use your Gear S3 to pay at any contactless terminal that you would use for tap and go anyway. On the battery side, now Samsung said the battery is worth could last up to four days. Uh, for our testing, it didn't get us to four days. Three days was the best we got. I think reason for that is because we were using GPS a fair bit, uh, and, uh, and 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 using the notifications and really turning on all the features that for our for our review so i think that's why the battery probably didn't reach its 4 day target but if you're using G- the built-in GPS more, expect it to not last at full four days. If you're really giving it a hammering, running long distances and stuff like that, it may only last two days, which is still pretty good when you consider. But to get four days, you've got to keep pretty still and uh, not do much, I think, to get out to the four days. Uh, the Gear S3, it's $599. I think a uh, pretty competitive price. Uh, It is actually slightly more expensive than the entry-level Apple Watch Series 2, uh, which is also water-resistant and with built-in GPS, but uh, Apple Watches only work with iPhones. Samsung Watch Gear S3 will work with, obviously, Samsung phones and any other Android phone because you need the Gear app from samsung that works on any android device uh 599 i think still pretty competitive price to pay when you think of uh if you were to buy a normal watch people normally expect to pay decent money for a decent watch this is a decent watch i think 599 is good value uh, that is the samsung gear s3 599 if you want to read our complete review you can check it out at techguide.com.au tech guide this is tech guide with steven fennec Now, you know I love drones, and there is another one just come onto the market. It is the Ghost Drone from Ehang. It's the Ghost Drone 2.0 from Ehang, to be precise. Now, this is a drone that is, I, I think, halfway between your... More professional drones like your Phantom 4, Phantom 4 Pro, DJI Inspire, uh, and your toy drones. I think this is a really sweet midpoint for someone who wants to not break the bank, but not have a toy. So this is a really good midpoint drone that's kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, It does combine that ease of use with virtual reality, hence the name, the Ghost Drone 2.0 VR, and also pretty decent quality imagery as well. Now, another thing that comes with this is a crash guarantee. It is so easy to fly that uh, eHang is confident that you won't. And if you do, they'll repair it up to three times for you for free. Now, the the whole thing's designed, uh, there's no controller, and it's designed to work with the eHang app. So what it does, it kind of automates a lot of your flying. Uh, It doesn't have a dedicated remote control like, like a DJI Phantom or some other drones on the market. But the app is pretty intuitive and steps you through the process. So if you're a beginner and oftentimes a person who wants to buy a decent drone are intimidated by those more expensive drones because they think, well, I'm not a very good pilot and I'm worried I'm going to crash this thing. Well, that's not really an issue with the ghost drone 2.0 2.0 VR because the app really takes control and kind of holds your hand every step of the way. So things like taking off, landing are done for you. Adjusting your altitude is simply slide up something on, slide up uh, on the right-hand side of the app, turning the direction of the drone, uh, allows you to do that as well on the app. There's also avatar mode, which allows you to actually fly the drone simply by moving your phone in certain directions. So if you want it to fly forward, you tilt your phone forward. If you want it to fly backwards, you tilt your phone backwards. If you want to fly left or right, tilt your phone left or right. So it's really, uh, really easy to fly that way. So it, that's probably the most control you're going to have in avatar mode. But uh, on board, it's got a 4K camera with a gimbal. So you are going to take some pretty decent photos through that uh, spherical camera, both photos and videos. And flying it into position is not really hard through the app. So uh, there there are several flight modes for you to enjoy, like touch touch to go. So you simply point because when, when you start flying the drone, it shows you a GPS map of where you are. So it shows you exactly where you're standing, where the drone is at that present time. And the touch to go means you can actually touch points on the map and the drone will fly to that position that you've indicated. You can even select a number of waypoints. So you can choose, say, three or four different routes, uh, points on the route and that way the drone will fly to those positions as well. Avatar mode I've already spoken about. Uh, there's also vertical lift, so I can fly to a pre- predetermined height to let you just simply go up to a certain height, tilt it round, turn it around, whatever direction you want, and get your photos. So uh, an on rails experience, I'm going to call it. You can even take a drone selfie. There's a mode to do that where it'll hover in front of you and take photos of you and your friends. It'll also orbit, so you can set a location and it'll f- it'll fly around that position shooting 4K video. So if there's something that's uh, in the middle there, you can set it to orbit mode and it will smoothly track around that position and get your photos and videos for you. Really handy. And of course, the VR headset that comes with it allows the, not the pilot, you've got to remember that the rules of drone, flying a drone legally is, means you have to keep it in, in visual line of sight. So you can't use the VR headset that comes with the drone if you're by yourself. Now, you can't fly the drone without that VR headset because it's the one that connects from your phone. So your phone connects to the headset, headset connects to the drone. So even if you're not using the VR headset, if you're flying it by yourself, you still need to have that VR headset to enable that connection. So if you're flying it, you can maybe hand off the VR headset to someone else and they can put them on and see exactly what the camera is seeing. So it gives them that first-person view, that bird's-eye view of whatever you're shooting. Uh, And by them turning their heads up and down, left and right, that can actually move the camera as well so they can determine where the camera is pointed no matter what position the drone happens to be. So that's another handy way for you to allow someone to control the camera while you're controlling the flying. Uh, a, a really a really interesting feature there, and uh, I'm sure that'll interest a lot of people. Especially, say a parent's going to fly the drone, and maybe they give their child the opportunity to wear the wear the headset and see exactly what the camera is seeing, uh, and even change the direction of the camera. As I mentioned, the Ghost Drone 2.0 VR from eHang. It's priced at one thousand one hundred and ninety nine dollars, so it's it's it also uh, at the mid price point so it's not as expensive as a dji phantom 4 or as cheap as a parrot mini it's it's literally right in the middle because it bridges kind of both both classes of drones so it's it's more than a toy but not quite as up there as the dji's uh, range of drones so it's a really nice sweet midpoint but it's really easy to fly thanks to that great app and all that build those built-in smarts and of course don't forget the VR headset as well that's another interesting point of difference the ghost drone 2.0 VR you can read our story at techguide.com.au another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, Apple Music uh, has just had a little bit of a facelift uh, when the latest version of the Mac OS, OS Sierra, was released a few weeks ago. Mac uh, the the Apple music uh, was also overhauled it also had an overhaul on iOS as well uh, as well as on Android you got to remember uh, you can listen to Apple music on an Android device so uh, that that is what's occurred Apple just also just announced that they were, they've exceeded more than 20 million subscribers on the service uh, and the and that's with three million coming in the last three months so they've had a bit of a spurt there so it's 20 million million in 18 months. It only started in July 2015, would you believe? So they've already got 20 million paid subscribers. And more than 50%, I found this interesting, more than 50% of Apple Music listeners live outside the US. Of course, in countries like ours, Australia, Canada, China, South Africa, Japan, uh, service is going gangbusters. So not only are they getting more listeners, they're also getting uh, a brand new uh, design, an easier way to navigate through that more than 40 million songs in the library. Now, what, what's really cool about the, the new version of Apple Music is the ways in which you can not only enjoy your own music, but also discover new music as well as reliving some old favorites. So what what you do when you sign up is that you, you sort of tick a few boxes to tell what sort of music you like, uh, artists you like, And then what happens is that uh, it can then tailor its recommendations to you. I'll talk about that in a minute. First thing you can do, though, and this is a streaming service. So people think, oh, look, do I have to stream the same album? I'm, just, I'm a fan of this album, this band. They've just released an album. Do I have to stream it every time I want to listen to it? Well, no, you don't. You can actually download the music to your iPhone or Android device, and you can then listen to it offline. So you may be going on a plane trip, for example. So you want to have your music on board so you can hear it because uh, you're not connected to the Internet. Uh, on an iPhone, you can even set the amount of memory you want to dedicate to your music. So, in the settings, you can say, Right, I want to have 64 gig worth of memory, or 128 if you have a 256 gig phone. So, you can decide how much memory you allocate for your music. Uh, anything outside of that, of course, you can stream, but it is going to keep your data streaming costs down. Data is a valuable resource for plans. Now, the playlist I mentioned too, there's a For You section, and the, it puts together some really interesting playlists based on your favorite artists, based on your listening habits. And this is put together, not. it doesn't just get spat out by a computer using an algorithm, uh, actual people put these lists together. People with a deep understanding and love of music can tailor these playlists to suit your listening habits. So whether it's list re- recommending artists based on artists you already like and listen to or lists of music for you maybe to train to or for your road trip or essentials of a particular artist, so many different play- playlists that you can choose from, all handcrafted so that it will uh, it will surprise you with music ...music that you may not have heard before but like, so a really risk-free discovery process right there. Uh, The browse, you can browse all the brand new releases, of course, so you can see new latest songs and album releases... And you can hear, you can read the lyrics. I'm a big fan of this. I love reading lyrics, especially of you have a new album, you're sort of breaking in, you want to sort of hear, you want, to, you want to be able to sort of understand the lyrics. And there is a way for you to follow on while the song's in progress. You can slide down on the, on the play, the now playing page. If you scroll down, use, if there are lyrics available, it will say lyrics. If you're looking at the, the, pl- the track list, press and hold. If you've got 3D touch, a, a list will pop up and one, one of the items on the list is lyrics, so you can actually sing along to your favourite music or just get to know that new album or new song even better because uh, you're going to know the words. You can also use Siri. This is a really interesting feature too, where Siri can be your DJ. You can ask Siri to uh, play your favorite track, play your favorite artist, or do things like uh you ask Siri to play the best songs from nineteen ninety-seven or uh play Empire of the Sun or play U2, whatever you happen to want, Siri can jump to the task. Apple Music too is also don't forget a 24-7 radio station, Beats One has some of the best DJs in the world. They've got a deep understanding of music and an appreciation of music, but there's also a number of shows hosted by some pretty iconic musicians like Elton John, Mary J. Blige, Pharrell Williams, Dr. Dre, they've got their own shows and they know music and they love music and what they come up with is compelling. There's also uh, stations tuned to every genre imaginable. So if you're a fan of dance music or jazz or whatever, you can choose a radio station that just plays that type of music uh, and you can also give them the thumbs up, the thumbs down to all the songs you like. So it'll play more of the ones you like, less of the ones you don't. Apple Music you can do a free 3 month trial uh, at the end of that trial you can then pay a monthly price of 11.99 for an individual membership 17.99 for a family of up to 6 people or 5.99 if you're a student but Apple Music it is if you're a music lover uh, I think that's a really small price to pay to have all that music at your fingertips. No risk discovery there. Remember the old days you buy a CD? Yeah, I heard this band's okay. You buy the CD, you hate it, you're stuck with it. Uh, that's not the problem with Apple Music. If you don't like it, just don't listen to it, but you haven't spent any extra money to to do that. So uh, risk-free discovery is what I really like. If you want to read more about Apple Music, you'll find that on techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tribe band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximize the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk. I had a couple of questions. Uh, one from a reader asking about, a, they've got an old TV, an old favourite TV, I think back from 2008. They must love that TV if they're still hanging on to an eight-year-old TV. I think it was a Sharp TV. And the question was, because uh, it's the TV's a little on the older side, It can't receive the new HD digital channels. Reason being is the new digital channels are broadcast using MPEG-4. Those older TVs are not compatible with MPEG-4 and therefore cannot be seen. The reader's question asked if they bought an external uh, set-top box, would they be able to watch those channels through the TV? Answer is yes, they can. And all they need to do is to buy a set-top box that's HD, uh, connect it through a, a HDMI uh, port, port, and they'll be able to watch those channels that would could not be watched through the TV's internal tuner, built-in tuner, because of its age, uh, because it's a bit older. So if you do want to hang on, there's always the option, of course, of buying a new TV, uh, but it is cheaper if you want to, to buy a set-top box. You can buy a HD set-top box for as cheap as 50 bucks nowadays. If you want to buy a set-top box that can record, that's, of course, going to be a little bit more expensive. But either way, there are options. If you want to see the latest HD channels uh, with an older TV, that's the way to do it. Now, I had another question from a reader, and this is an issue I've heard from a few people now, Uh, people who have iPhones and have updated to iOS 10 are finding that the Bluetooth connection in their cars no longer work as they were. So that the phone would connect to their vehicle They could hear the call coming through, but if they try to press the built-in button to accept the call, it doesn't work. They've got to actually manually touch the phone, which is illegal, to get the call to be piped through the car speaker. So there's that incompatibility going on there, and people are reporting that it's only a result of of, since they've uh, installed iOS 10. But... Try a couple of things. Of, uh, these are worth a try. Now, uh, what you should do is is unpair your phone from your car. Do a hard reset if you're using the uh, on your iPhone. So uh, by that I mean press the home button, press the power button until the screen goes blank and the Apple logo appears. This gives it a bit of a hard reboot. Not going to lose any information, but it just kind of re- gives the gives the iPhone a real nice boot. Uh, and hopefully, that when you try to pair again, those issues have been resolved. The other thing to try is to unpair once again, reset your network settings. So you need to go to General uh, Settings, General Reset, and then Reset Network Settings. Again, you're not going to lose anything. Nothing's going to change. It's just going to just wipe your network settings, allow that Bluetooth. Uh, so try the pairing again, and it just may work the way it's designed to. Worth a try uh, until they have a different version of Bluetooth. Uh, An update to Bluetooth might work. It sounds like there's some sort of incompatibility now between certain vehicles. I I think a couple of the readers had uh, Holden cars. But try those couple of tips. You never know, it might solve your problem. Uh, I've written about Bluetooth this week with Bluetooth 5 and, of course, I've written about iPhones as well. You can read all about that stuff at techguide.com.au. And that there is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've discussed on the show at techguide.com.au. So if you missed anything, you want to read it more in depth, head to the website. If you want to also get in touch with us, you can email us your question. You might end up on the Tech Guide help desk. Uh, you can uh, send us the email at info at or if you're on the Tech Guide website, there is a uh, an icon a, uh, on the right-hand side that says, got a tech question? Email Stephen Fennick." Just simply click on that icon on the right-hand side on that on that uh, image, and you, a little screen will open up and you can send me an email directly as well. Uh, special thanks too to our sponsors, a shout out to Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.